I just want to welcome you this morning again. Thank you so much for even the breaking of bread service and uh, Keith that, uh, that opened up and uh, touched on some points that we'll look at this morning from Mark chapter 6. I've entitled my message, Safe with the Servant Through the Storms of Life. You know, uh, aside, Bolaji is on with me as well. I've also asked Adriana. She's going to be uh, participating at the end with me, and so I hope that uh, you'll be blessed this morning. When Cynthia and I were married, like most newlywed couples, we went on a honeymoon, and our destination was was beautiful Barbados for two weeks, and and we had stayed at, a, at an all-inclusive resort that offered several outdoor activities for us to try, and and one of them that I had never done before was sailing, and <laughs> no, not that sailboat, uh, this one. And, and, and after a quick lesson, I was out on the open sea with the warm tropical air blowing in my face. However, after a few minutes, I, I learned very soon how quickly the wind can change direction to the point that I capsized the boat and fell into the water. And thankfully, someone from the resort was there and close by to help me back into the boat. Sadly, I have no photos of my sailing adventure because you know in those days we used film and and rolls were expensive to uh, to develop. Most of you got that joke, but anyway, this morning as we ponder and read about another sailing adventure from Mark's gospel, I want us to envision the disciples' boat as a metaphor for the church, and the Sea of Galilee as a metaphor for the storms and challenges of life that we all will face and are facing now, even in this area, in this time of COVID. Actually, the, the ancient church viewed the boat in the same way because the English name for nave, which describes the main part of the church building where the congregation assembles, came from the Latin and Italian word for ship, nave. And you'll all agree with me that life is a voyage with storms and stresses for all of us. Let's pick up the passage of Jesus and his disciples in this well-known portion of scripture from Mark chapter 6. And we'll be looking at verses 45 to 56 this morning, and, and we'll read through them. But let's look at uh, 45 to 52 for the moment. And it says, immediately he made his disciples get into the boat and go before him to the other side, to Bethsaida, while he dismissed the crowd. And after he had taken leave of them, he went up on the mountain to pray. And when evening came, the boat was out on the sea, and he was alone on the land. And he saw that they were making headway painfully, for the wind was against them. And about the fourth watch of the night, he came to them walking on the sea. He meant to pass by them, but when they saw him walking on the sea, they thought it was a ghost and cried out, for they all saw him and were terrified. But immediately he spoke to them and said, Take heart, it is I, do not be afraid. And he got into the boat with them, and the wind ceased. And they were utterly astounded, for they did not understand about the loaves, but their hearts were hardened. Jesus had just performed the miracle of the feeding of the 5,000, and as Majiko had shared with us last week, and, and chapter 6, verse 34 says that he had compassion on them because they were like sheep without a shepherd. And he began to teach them many things. 
And now in verse 45, the great shepherd sends his apostles into a boat to go on ahead of him while he dismissed the crowd. John chapter 6, verses 14 and 15 help us understand why Jesus was so insistent that the disciples get into the boat. There was a sense of urgency and pressure on, on Jesus' part from what could have been an unruly mob. It, scripture says, when the people saw the sign that he had done, they said, this is indeed the prophet who is to come into the world, perceiving that they had that um, then that they were about to come and take him by force to make him king, Jesus withdrew to the mountain by himself. Because it wasn't Jesus's time, he needed to remove himself from the crowd who wished to make him their earthly king. And we see this time and again in Jesus's earthly ministry. He performed miracles and warned people not to tell others. But by this time, everyone had heard of Jesus, and it was becoming increasingly difficult for him to travel anywhere without being recognized. Now Jesus is telling his disciples, okay, get in the boat and I'll be with you later. Imagine being one of Jesus's disciples when he instructs you to get in a boat and cross the lake towards Bethsaida. Wouldn't some of us say, okay, Lord, and then what? It's a big lake. Where do you want us to go? Okay, God, I've obeyed you in this area, but, but things still aren't clear to me. I need details for the journey. Details sound familiar? <laughs> However, for the next few moments, I'd like us to reflect on the reality that Jesus sees our struggles. He promises to come alongside us in our difficulties. And we have no need to fear when Jesus is our anchor. As sheep, he knows that we tend to wander and get ourselves into trouble. But when we are obedient to Christ in the storms of life, we are safe with the servant. Jesus sees our struggles. Verse 48 says that having seen that they were making headway painfully. Now let's just pause to reflect on this miracle for a moment. It was almost, it was most likely anywhere from three to six o'clock in the morning or, or the fourth watch of the night, as scripture reveals. There had to have been a, a sudden windstorm that developed on that clear moonlit evening. Jesus is on a mountain viewing his dis the disciples who had rode about five or six kilometers out onto the Sea of Galilee. And I ask, did Jesus see them with just his physical eyes? It would have been quite a challenge to see any detail with just physical eyes at that time of the night. But, but Jesus must have used his supernatural power to see them struggling. And this image that Mark is painting for us here is also a beautiful metaphor of Jesus that sees our lives that are tossed about in the trials of life. The Amplified Bible in, in John chapter 16, verse 33, describes our struggles and, and Jesus' words to his disciples that in the world you will have tribulations and trials and distress and frustration, but be of good cheer. Take courage, be confident, certain, undaunted, for I have overcome the world. I have deprived it of power to harm you and have conquered it for you. Now, let's not mistake the words good cheer here for going around in a state of, you know, happiness. Uh, no, no storm in our, no, the storms in our lives require courage, confidence, and, 
and perseverance, not in our own strength, but only through trusting in the one who gives us strength. Amen. Jesus prays for us, even now during COVID and all the struggles that we've faced, both mentally, physically, and socially, brothers and sisters. Christ is indeed interceding on our behalf, and he sees our troubles. Scripture passages like Romans chapter 8, verses 34 and 35, encourage us with these words that Christ Jesus is the one who died. More than that, who was raised, who is at the right hand of God, who indeed is interceding for us, and who shall separate us from the love of Christ. Shall tribulation or distress or persecution or famine or nakedness or danger or sword? Remember that today. No one and nothing can separate us from Christ's love, regardless of the pain that we are experiencing. Ironically, the disciples were on a stormy sea, right? Because they obeyed Jesus. Is this not a lesson for the church to learn today? Imagine what disobedience could have gotten those men that night. Perhaps a, a full stomach, a, a warm bed in someone's home from a family encountered at the feeding of the 5,000. Think about our lives and our journey with Christ today. Is it a comfortable one, free of storms and misery? Are we hoping to board the cruise ship savior of the seas when we come to Christ? A life free of pain and full of comfort? Christ never promised smooth sailing for his followers. The Apostle Paul told the church in Thessalonica in 1 Thessalonians 3 verse 3 that, that they shouldn't be moved by these afflictions, for you yourselves know that we are destined for this. Paul kept telling and reminding this fact to believers that, that we will suffer affliction when we follow Christ. Or perhaps lately my life it only seems to be rough waters, one struggle to the next. I feel like I'm sinking. But be encouraged today not to abandon ship. The one who perseveres to the end will be saved. Amen? Jesus is interceding for us even now, brothers and sisters. And in the case of the disciples, it was obedience to Jesus that made them so uncomfortable. Another lesson here for us to ponder today. Obedience will bring the opposing winds and testing of our faith. Count it all joy when the storms come, as the Apostle James says in chapter 1, verse 2. Never obey Christ, and, and you may miss some of life's stormy winds. Never climb a mountain, and you'll, you'll never get blisters on your feet, but you'll miss the thrill of standing at its peak. Uh, never play baseball, and, and you'll never strike out, but... You'll never hit a home run either. And I put that slide up because Andre Dawson, the Hawk, if you're my age or older, you remember him. He was such a great home run hitter. And uh, I had to think of him in this moment. It's such a thrill when you could hit a home run. Never obey Christ. And we may miss some of life's stormy winds, but we'll also miss the blessings that come from seeing God work his sovereign plan through my life and use me and use you to do things that I couldn't do in my own strength. Amen. Jesus comes alongside us. In the second half of verse 48, Mark says that 
He came to them walking on the water, and he meant to pass by them. At first glance, you'd think that Jesus was ignoring them. But no, he was purposely passing in front of them so they could recognize him, to offer them visible evidence of his deity. You know, feeding the 5,000 wasn't enough for them. Jesus now uses this powerful miracle to get a reaction so their eyes would be open to his supernatural power. Jesus came in the darkest part of the night when they had, exha- when he, when they had exhausted all their own strength and were in deep despair. How many this morning can relate I try to do something in my own strength and I fail to come to God in prayer and seek his word for guidance. I fail to recognize that he is there all the time waiting patiently for me to turn to him. We've all heard stories of people that have hit rock bottom in their lives and were hopelessly lost. Think of the prodigal son who had to eat food fit for animals before he came to his senses then turned back and went home. Thank God he is always ready to take us back into his arms because God works all circumstances in our lives so that we would use them to give him glory. Let's continue reading. Verse 49, but when they saw him walking on the sea, they thought it was a ghost and cried out, for they all saw him and were terrified. But immediately he spoke to them and said, take heart. It is I, do not be afraid. And he got into the boat with them and the wind ceased. And they were utterly astounded for they did not understand about the loaves, but their hearts were hardened. As Peter recounted part of this story to Mark in his gospel, we don't read about Peter walking on water here or almost drowning. We have to read the parallel account in the gospel of Matthew, which says that Peter was the only one willing to take a step of faith out of the boat. Lord, if it's you, command me to come to you on the water, Matthew 14, 28 says. We all know what happened next. Peter took his eyes off Jesus and began to sink. Now, if we stopped reading the account there, one could think that Peter was a failure. However, Peter cried out, save me, Jesus. And at times it seems Those are the only words we cry out as well in our struggles. But when we allow Christ to come and meet us, we grow stronger. That's what the testing of our faith does when we step out of the boat and trust Christ. He's there to save us. So what's stopping me today from taking that step of faith and getting out of the boat? It might be fear, anxiety, or apathy. My flesh will tell me, oh, you're not qualified to accomplish that task. Stay in the boat. Or perhaps you're comfortable in the boat. (laughs) This is my seat and no one takes it. Or pride will keep me from getting out too. I'm not getting out. I'll get wet. But I I want to encourage us today to, to step out and believe that Christ will see us through the storms. And he promised never to leave us or forsake us. Amen. And then in verse 51, the gospel says that when Jesus got into the boat with them, the wind ceased. Eventually, the winds and the storms subside, and we're thankful that God took us through them. We worship him in these moments with thankful hearts, 
And then we tell others of his goodness and all the glory goes back to him. If we are obedient to him, there will be plenty of storms. And many of you listening today can recount your storms, right? Life presents us with, with much anxiety and difficulty and weariness and, and exposes all of our shortcomings when we look in the mirror of our flesh. But thanks be to God for his Holy Spirit that dwells in our hearts, that draws us to his word and for Christ that intercedes on our behalf, especially when we are weak and tired from the storms that life brings us. Jesus is our anchor. The Gospel of Matthew says in chapter 14, verse 33, that those in the boat worshipped him, saying, truly, you are the Son of God. However, Mark's Gospel, in sharp contrast, states in verse 52 that they did not understand about the loaves, but their hearts were hardened. You know, just in parentheses here, this was probably my most difficult verse to read in this whole portion of scripture, and I'd love to talk about it later. You know, close parentheses. <laughs> of course, they were not hardened to him. They were his followers. The, the only way I could explain it is sometimes when I am exposed to something long enough, I could feel numb or callous to it. And in the case of his disciples, it was spiritual blindness to Jesus's miracle that caused the hardening of their hearts. And I ask us today, is the seed of God's word being snatched away by the evil one? Are the words of God falling among the thorns in my life and hardening my heart? They can be the worries of this life and, and the deceitfulness of wealth, which choke it out, making it unfruitful, as scripture says. Jesus said in John chapter 12, verse 47, If anyone hears my words and does not keep them, I do not judge him, for I did not come to judge the world, but to save the world. The one who rejects me and does not receive my words has a judge. The word that I have spoken will judge him on the last day. If I've gone through a recent storm in my life, was, was the word of God, was, was Christ my anchor through that storm? What did God reveal about himself to me through that storm? Was it a doubting Peter moment when Christ had to grab hold of him to save him? I want to remind us this morning, brothers and sisters, that every test and trial in our lives should be a learning experience that strengthens and deepens the roots of our faith so that the next time, so that the next time we'll be prepared for the bigger storm and know that God is with us. He'll take us safely through it because we have Jesus as our anchor. And just in case walking on water wasn't enough of a sign for his disciples, Jesus performs another miracle here that we can overlook for them to witness. And we read about it in John's short account of this event in, in John chapter 6, verse 21. It says, then they were glad to take him into the boat, and immediately the boat was at the land to which they were going. And so they covered this five or six kilometer distance in the blink of an eye. It's amazing. And the concluding verse says, 
in verse 54, and when they got out of the boat, the people immediately recognized them and ran about the whole region and began to bring the sick people on their beds to wherever they heard he was and, and wherever he came in villages, cities, or countryside. countryside. They, they laid the sick in the marketplaces and implored him that they might touch even the fringe of his garment. And as many as touched it were made well. Verse 54 illustrates the immediate and simple faith of the crowds. Could you imagine their excitement? He's here. Quick, get my daughter who's sick. Bring my father who's lame. They recognized Jesus because of the miracles he had performed in the region. And they believed in faith. And one can sense the desperation in their actions with just a, a simple touch of the edge of his garment, people were made well. What a contrast to Jesus' hometown. Scripture says that, that people knew him as, as just the carpenter and Mary's son, and they took offense at him. Because of their lack of faith, he could not do many miracles there. What a sad portrayal and, and testimony from his hometown of Nazareth. If we're strangers to God's word, we will bear the brunt of our own storms and lack the faith we need to believe that Jesus is with us. We will keep falling into the same trappings. Today, do I recognize Jesus as, as just a good man that lived over 2,000 years ago? Or is he Lord of my life? Psalm 9 verses 9 and 10 says that the Lord is a stronghold. He's a shelter for the oppressed, a stronghold in times of trouble. And those who know your name put their trust in you. For you, O Lord, have not forsaken those who seek you. God is our shelter and stronghold in our times of trouble, brothers and sisters. When people and circumstances have failed us, and they will, we anchor our lives to the one who never fails. Amen. In these last days in which we are living, we must believe that there is no better place than to be safe with the servant to get through the storms of our lives. Amen. And in conclusion, this morning, there's a hymn that I've been humming and singing these past few weeks as I've been preparing for this message. And it's a hymn that, that was penned by Lewis E. Jones, who also wrote the lyrics to There is Power in the Blood. And it's entitled, I've Anchored in Jesus. The lyrics to the first verse say, Upon life's boundless oceans where mighty billows roll, I've fixed my hope in Jesus, blessed anchor of my soul. When trials fierce assail me, as storms are gathering o'er, I rest upon his mercy and trust him more. I've anchored in Jesus, the storms of life I'll brave. I've anchored in Jesus, I fear no wind or wave. I've anchored in Jesus, for he had power to save. I've anchored to the rock of ages. That's an encouraging song. Brothers and sisters, today I ask us, is Jesus my anchor today? How well do I know his name? 
Is his name the first name I call to in the storms of my life? We have this hope as an anchor for the soul, firm and secure, as the author to the Hebrew says. He's our rock, our fortress, our deliverer, our foundation, our redeemer, our anchor, and our soon coming king. Be encouraged today, brothers and sisters. And I've asked this morning, Adriana, to sing this song for us and, and we can follow along and be encouraged in our faith to anchor our lives to the one who will never leave us. And that is Jesus Christ, our Lord. And, and I want to encourage you, if, if you need prayer this morning and you feel like the storms are too powerful for you to endure, I would love to pray for you. I don't know if we could do a, a separate breakout room for those that need prayer this morning, but I, I really felt a burden to do this this morning and, and not just talk about the scripture. We could do that as well, but also to pray for those that have been struggling through the past 14 months, maybe in, in, in uh, loneliness or, or whatever it may be that you've struggled with in mental health issues. I want you to know that we care for you and we would be honored to pray for you and encourage you in your faith not to give up and to anchor your heart, your soul to Jesus Christ. Amen. And so let's listen to this beautiful song that uh, Adriana is going to sing for us now. Amen. Adriana. Sing together. Upon life's boundless ocean where mighty billows roll I fix my hope in Jesus blessed anchor of my soul when trials fierce assail me as storms are gathering o'er I rest upon his mercy and trust him more I've anchored in Jesus, the storms of life I'll brave. I've anchored in Jesus, I fear no wind or wave. I've anchored in Jesus, for he hath power to save. I've anchored to the rock of ages. He keeps my soul from evil and gives me blessed peace. His voice hath stilled the waters and built their tumult cease. My pilot and deliverer, to him I all confide. For always when I need him, he's at my side. I've anchored in Jesus, the storms of life I'll brave. I've anchored in Jesus, I fear no wind or wave. I've anchored in Jesus, for he hath power to save. I've anchored to the rock of my friend and savior in him my anchors cast he drives away my sorrows and shields me from the blast 
by faith I'm looking upward beyond life's troubled sea. There I behold a haven prepared for me. I've anchored in Jesus, the storms of life I'll brave. I've anchored in Jesus, I fear no wind, no wave. I've anchored in Jesus, for he hath power to save. I've anchored to the rock of ages. Let's pray. Father, we thank you, God, for this day that you have made, God, this first day of the week. God, that we could be together here in your presence to hear about and read your word, Lord, the struggles that the disciples faced, Lord, are not any different from the struggles that we face today. And I'm so thankful, God. I'm so thankful that we have Jesus Christ as our anchor, God, that, that comes alongside us and he sees our struggles, Lord, that we are facing even now today in the world that we live that grows more and more wicked by the day. And God, I pray that we would look to the author and the perfecter of our faith, who is Jesus Christ, our Lord. And Lord, we, we thank you because you have a, a place ready for us one day, and that place, God, is by your side. And so, Lord, we long for that day, but until that day happens, God, I pray that we would continue to do the work that you've called us to do. And when we face the struggles and the tests of our faith, Lord, we would, we would cry out to you and we would seek out your word, Lord, and our faith would be anchored solid to the rock. And God, I pray, Lord, that we would be encouraged today, Lord, never to give up, to persevere, Lord, and we commit the rest of this day and this week in your hands, in Jesus' name.